0: Yo, Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. And thank you for joining me for episode 74 of the interview sessions. I am joined by Kate Strong, two times a TEDx speaker, world champion, and now leaving a legacy with her business, helping organizations be more sustainable. Um, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. It is a powerful reminder that anything is possible and it takes courage grit and determination to overcome some of life's challenges please do reach out to kate follow her on her journey give me the feedback please do review subscribe to the always Than yesterday podcast uh, and share with that one person in your network who you feel will benefit from hearing kate's story Uh, That's enough from me. We're going to dive in now. There are a few uh, moments in the interview where the internet struggled a little bit, but bear with it. Um, I I don't think it affects the conversation too much. Nothing is missed. uh, And I really hope that it inspires you in some way to be always better than yesterday. Let's dive in. Much love. Yo, and welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions with me, Ryan Hartley, and today I'm joined by a very inspiring guest in Kate Strong. Kate, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So you and I had the pleasure of meeting at the Bath Expo a couple of weeks ago, which was great to come and see you in in action. Um, But for those of uh, my listeners and viewers who who may not have have come across you, please do share a little bit about who you are and, and your story.
1: I'm just pausing for a second because you're, um, you've run frozen. So a little bit about me is I I call myself a normal girl. So I come from an average town, from an average family in Wales, and I have no real stimulus to, to question the status quo because everything was comfortable. Yet yeah, I think from a very early age, I had something inside of me, like a little fire that was burning to to leave a legacy that something had to be bigger than just getting a job or conforming to living society's tick box lifestyle. So I started to sort of push the boundaries but staying within what was acceptable and today I I help other people remove the glass ceiling off their potential both professionally and personally whilst also living a sustainable lifestyle because for me I believe that we can everyone can win basically. We can all thrive and not push somebody down. So how I accomplished that, coming back to your question and what I've done, it, it's a polka dot through life. Um, trying to conform, I got a double master's in mechanical engineering. I worked in aerospace briefly and realized very quickly that this was not for me. My passion was always to work with people to see you know, changes immediately rather than live this conformist lifestyle. So I traveled quite a lot in Latin America, helping create micro businesses in indigenous tribes, where most people don't even speak Spanish, let alone heard of the language English. And mm. that could be as simple as freezing ice, um, freezing bananas to create ice cream popsicles, or yep. being able to re- you know, rejuvenate uh, villages that have been deforested as well. And uh, it brought me eventually to Australia, where I was living with my then boyfriends, we have both emigrated from Wales, if you haven't picked mm. up a little accent. <laughs> and, we started hospitality. I knew I didn't want to go back to engineering and I wanted to learn business, but in business rather than through a book or theoretically. And so bought initially a Subway franchise and quickly flipped that into a property, which I transformed into a guest house, restaurant and wine bar and did that for seven years. So that satisfied my traveling spirit because I met a lot of people who were traveling through my life Albeit it wasn't me the one as the Voyager. And um we also, my partner and I, it was going through quite tumultuous times, and we eventually broke up six days before our wedding. Mm-hmm. And that didn't just leave me emotionally distraught, it also left me financially uh right. struggling. He left me with a million dollar debt and um just questioning a lot of why on earth. Am I here? What has happened? You know, why should I deserve this? It left me in quite a lot of that victim state we hear being thrown around. You know, why me? Why now? I'm a good girl. Why did I get punished? So it felt like, and it, uh, that was sort of the light bulb moment. I was at the metaphor, metaphorical cliff edge where mm. we sort of can, we're going we're gonna to fall, but we can either jump and learn to fly or fall and try and scramble up knowing that it's kind of futile. So I chose to jump and put faith that my wings would learn to grow as I fell and um, today was the youngest I was ever going to be so now is the time to start living my life I'd been delaying and delaying and delaying far too long putting off I'm sure this might you know resonate with you Ryan when I have more money when I have more time then I'll go to the gym or then I'll start my business or whatever we we decide to use as excuses yeah and I just went no You know, today should have been the best compared to five years ago, and it's worse. Mm -hmm. So what's not to say next year will be worse? So if I don't start today, I'll never know. And that's when I dusted off my trainers. Uh, I'd always thought I was fit and healthy, but the reality was I hadn't run for years and started to run and uh, pursue a dream of mine that I had back in 2003. So almost 10 years prior to that, Mm -hmm. that I wanted to, to do triathlon. So um, not knowing my capacity or my potential, and again, this coming back to what I said at the beginning, not wanting to cap my own potential, what should you aim for? So I thought, well, to be my best, I have to aim to be the best. Mm. And so I aim to be number one in the world. And without, without saying there was a lot of pain, uh, it took a lot of hours, a lot of commitment, dedication, and crying and tears and mm. blood, but fast forward, two years and i was on that podium being awarded gold medal for being number one in the world
0: wow i'm sat here thinking the thought that's come to mind is your name kate strong how much of that name has been a self-fulfilling prophecy for you Uh, we're freezing a little bit today
1: i think yeah, I think it's, uh, it's me. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are using Wi Fi where we are at the moment, so apologies.
0: Everyone's, um, with, everyone's on the internet at the moment, aren't they? Working from home.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, with regards to my name, I think it, it, it's a double edged sword. So, on one side, I was learned, you know, if I was bullied at school when I was young, my, my father would sit me down and go, Come on, Kate, you're strong. You can get through this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd toughen up and, and not take it mm-hmm. personally. Yet, the other hand, I'd, I didn't want to be weak because I wasn't mm-hmm. weak. And I collapsed the word vulnerability with weakness. Mm. And, you know, that came to my demise, if you want. That was one of my sort of moments when I felt really dark and alone was I felt I had no one I could reach out to because that was being weak. Mm. And so it definitely helped me push through the moments of pain, but also gave me a lot of moments of solitude and loneliness where I felt very alone in the world too.
0: Mm. And six days before your wedding. Talk to me about that experience.
1: Um, wow. Well, it wasn't a very healthy wedding, uh, relationship. Uh, sure. the analogy I give is you put a frog in water. If it's boiling, it'll jump out. But if it's cold and you slowly turn up the heat, you can, you can cook it. I was that frog in cold water. So mm-hmm. for nine years, uh, albeit it didn't start that way. It was quite a toxic relationship where I was, questioned and challenged and, and undermined every single day where at the end, I felt I couldn't, I could never say no to him on many mm. levels, uh, not mm. getting too deep in that, but I was sure. physically hurt as well as emotionally suppressed. And I had, um, I wasn't allowed out of the house. If I did the, his phone would beep and he would know that I'd left and so he'd get it. I'd get the call to say, where are you going? What are mm. you doing? Why are you leaving? You've just spent five dollars in this shop. What What are you spending it on? So mm. I was in a very controlled place. Uh, my heart breaks for him too because to be in that place of controlling someone else means that he was struggling heavily. It doesn't justify it, but you know, retrospectively, sure. I you know I wasn't helping him either. Mm. So on one level, I was immensely relieved because. The future was not bright with me and him. We were not good together. I I was a shell of a woman. Uh, I, I, I couldn't look in the mirror. I was borderline eating disorder as well. The only thing I could control was myself. So I became meticulous in mm. every aspect of me being perfect and good. So that included what I ate or didn't eat. Mm. Um, yet also when when he left, he was contributing to our mortgage. And... Mm the undermining of me not being able to cope, you know, you can't live without me, you're, you know, you're lucky you're, you're with me, really mm-hmm. compounded. I, I'm gonna fail, I don't mm-hmm. know what to do, how am I gonna run this business alone? He, maybe he's right, maybe I am a loser and a failure and a whatever mm-hmm. else he called me. So I really struggled for a few months. I was lucky that it was peak season in our hospitality business, so I, I was very distracted by that. Mm. But I was also very alone. My entire family were in the UK. So mm. I, I worked 12, 14 hours a day. And, and you'd find me most evenings at the bottom of a bottle of wine as well, just to mm. take the edge off it. Sure. Um, so it was painful. And the hardest thing I had to do was sit in front of the mirror and just look at myself in, in my eyes and go, mm. you know, are you, do you like the person you see, let mm. alone love? because this is who you have to live with for the rest of your life. And that was the hardest moment.
0: Mm, It's, I I honor you for sharing that. And and I think it's, it's difficult to listen to, but made easier because of the introduction you gave. And we know that this turns out well for you, but for those maybe that are listening, that are going through similar things to the situations you experienced, what were some of the steps to get you out of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the simplest steps, because, you know, it's easy to look at me running. At the end, I was running two marathons a week and, you know, Mm. winning most races and think that that was easy. The simplest step was to look at myself in the mirror. That was my first goal without crying. Mm. And then I had to smile at myself. Mm. And then I had to say, I love you or I like you or, you know, a part of me that I like. Because normally I was always looking at the faults. I, I just needed incrementally to start giving myself permission to like me. Into mm. physical activity. What one thing can I do today for me? That may be just to sit in the in the garden and make a daisy chain, or it may be to go for a five minute jog, but what can I say yes to for me? and And then expand it further and further. One thing that, um, you know, it's, it's still with me today that when we expand, we get these nerves in us, you know, for me, they, they, they're like butterflies or a knot in my stomach, someone else might get it some other part of their body. It's about embracing those and seeing that that is actually the way to say yes to. So anytime yeah. I felt anxious or nervous, I'd, I'd flip it and go, this is giving me a sign to say, if I do this, I will yeah. be a bigger person tomorrow.
0: Mm. you're one of those unique people that haven't just done one TEDx talk you've done two and one of them is titled do what you want and get away with it what does that really mean
1: well that was that was my I call it my year of yes so we broke up in 2012 and in 2013 I realized that if I didn't trust myself I had to trust other people so anytime somebody Mm. said to me oh you'd be great at x I had to do x because if I say no, it would mean I'd know better than them, which defaulted, (laughs) you know, which negated me thinking that I wasn't great. Mm. So um, at the beginning of 2013, a lady overheard me chatting in in the local bar, and she said, you'd be amazing public speaker. Now, I was petrified of public speaking, so my internal dialogue was absolutely no way, Mm. but my mouth came out with, okay, (laughs) And she put me in touch with a local TEDx talk uh, organizer. And so the background was sort of opening up my journey of being able to say yes and and do what I wanted. And that's when I was exploring how I could live this complete lifestyle. So I suppose the the title came from not, not just thriving in say business, but failing miserably in relationships or life or health, but how could we thrive in all areas? without mm. there being a detriment. So that was sort mm. of the premise of the talk.
0: I love that. I love that. Your, your description so far of, of um, your triathlons has gone from, I started two years later, I was the best in the world. Talk to me about that process. I'm sure you talked about blood, sweat, tears. Talk to me about those moments when you wanted to give up, those moments when you questioned whether it was for you. What got you through?
1: Well, I announced publicly before doing a triathlon that I wanted to be a a world champion triathlete.
0: So everyone Accountability, yeah. Yes,
1: indeed. Um, And I also still worked seven days a week. So my my work started at 7.30 in the morning. Being in hospitality, it really finished before 7 p.m. So most of my runs were at 4 in the morning. Uh, My first run, uh, again, my assumption was I was fit and healthy. I remembered myself running around fields at 18, you know, for hours so I assumed at 34 I'd still be the same fitness yeah so when I put my trainers on and started to run within a few short paces I had to quickly slow down because I realized I'd gone out too fast and then the burn my legs started to feel heavier my my uh, upper thighs were getting redder and redder and tighter and tighter my lungs were wheezing and felt on fire I could feel this you know, this burn of bile rising up my throat until I had to stop you know, almost vomiting with my hands on my Mm. knees, breathing in deeply. And I looked back and I could still see my house. So the shame walk (laughs) when I returned, (laughs) realizing I was very far from my dream. But every single day it was just, how far could I go before stopping? Uh, Mm. And I got to a mile, I got to two miles, and then it was how fast could I do that two miles? Mm. So it was then just a game to play but um, as I got more, I don't like using the word serious, but as I got more intense with my goal of doing an Ironman and also training to to win it, the the training got a lot more intense as well. And my last training session, which moves me deeply, was a very cold autumn night. I just finished six and a half hours of cycling. In order to do that, two of my best friends from the village had had come in to house sit and babysit my guests so that I didn't have to answer the phone while cycling mm-hmm. and you know drop in to make sure they're okay. So when I arrived at home, I couldn't move my fingers from the cold. And mm-hmm. so Lydia was taking off my, my shoes and Brett was putting a jumper around me. I have a 20k marathon to run now there was silence and so Lydia got my trainers and put them on my shoes on my feet and uh, Brett then went on his bicycle next to me to shine the light because I used to run along the railway track it was the only flat bit of land and for 20 kilometers I cried because what it right, reminded me of I couldn't feel my half my body at that time but with Brett next to me silently cycling with the light it reminded me that At the beginning, people laughed at me and thought I'd never do it. But something in them, you know, I was feeding my light, if you want to use that analogy. And they eventually started to believe and then they started to help. And now Mm. their light was shining on my path, both literally and metaphorically, to enable me to achieve my goal. And so that was the most beautiful, painful and Mm. transformative one I'd ever did.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. I've recently read in a book the difference between a train to compete mindset and a train to win mindset. And you just talked about training to win. I'm curious to know how you feel like you showed up differently because you were training to win.
1: Interesting question. I've never thought of it that way. I always turned up to be my best. So I was never Mm -hmm. attached with the job title. Mm -hmm. But I, I wasn't I was not denying my opportunity to be the best either. So, um, I think, I think training to win as long as it's done with love and compassion and respect of others, Mm -hmm. then it gives us a higher capacity to reach our greater potential training just to finish is an admirable task, but Mm. we'll never know how far we can truly go in our life. And albeit we, we might still finish that race or we might still write that book if we just want to finish a book. But if you want to write the best book we can ever accomplish, we will actually step up to deliver. We will become greater beings as well through that mm. process. Does that help and answer mm. the question? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're a, you're a natural storyteller or I say naturally you're a great storyteller and you will now have this gold medal from being top of the podium. Like, what stories does that evoke in you? How do you use that gold medal to remind yourself and others what that really means?
1: It's, that's an interesting question. Um, for me, how I use it for others is to, to always support everyone. Like, I don't know if you've ever met children of the greatest, they'll come up to us and say, I want to be an astronaut. And the first thing we might be enticed to do is say, don't aim so high. You might get disappointed. Or we might see someone who's struggling with with their weight and say that they want to run a sub four marathon, and we might go, "Hey, how about we just look at doing a half?" My first lesson, or my first reminder of that medal is, let's just allow anyone to dream as big as they want. You know, we're not let let reality cap their dreams rather than mm-hmm. our you know our own projections. And so that gold medal reminds me that. Anything is possible. If a, an ordinary girl from an, a, a town in Wales can be world champion mm. and compete for Australia, honestly, we can. We're, we're so much greater than our we could ever imagine.
0: I love that, and it, and it reminds me very much of a um, Paralympic swimmer that I interviewed last year called Stephanie Millwood. and she is multiple world champion, uh, Olympic champion, and and very much says very uh, along the lines of what you just said it inspires others to believe that anything is possible and I've got such respect and admiration that you can turn your achievements and and use that to to inspire others I think that comes back to the word you said at the very start around legacy what is your legacy
1: what is my legacy well I don't know if I'm going to be 100% frank mm. is um I believe every being can thrive on this planet So I'm formulating at the moment a means of creating that Mm -hmm. and so that we can live in this beautiful world in harmony and collaboration. And so my legacy would be that somebody would say, Kate lived life to the max and made sure that everyone around her was left a little bit more positive than when she found them.
0: Hmm. (laughs) If only there were more people like you in the world and I'm sure the more you can do and the more I can help you do to spread that, the, the, the better place the world will be. And I'm just um, curious to know how you show up at the moment in your business to, to help create that world.
1: Well, I offer to predominantly starting or growing a business But Mm -hmm. what's very interesting is nine times out of 10, we delve into the mindset and the uh, limiting beliefs of the individual. We're never short of knowledge. Intuitively, you know exactly what you should be doing. You know better than anyone in the world, the life of Ryan Hartley and how to grow your business. Yet something happens, we make a story out of it and that like little bit of mud sticks on us or we Mm -hmm. carry an extra bit of weight. I'm here just to give you permission to let go of the weight and trust yourself and get into action. So uh, that's how I help people. But, uh, Mm. yeah, it's a, it's a very learning experience because I'm also seeing how I can serve more people through Mm. online and group collectives. And so that will be coming imminently as well.
0: Why is sustainable important to you?
1: It's foundational to any being. If, if I'm if I'm eating unsustainably, I will die younger. That's simple Mm -hmm. fact. So for me, sustainability means we can all coexist and we can live for longer and we can enjoy more. So it, it comes down to, I think you'll remember this from my talk, the triple bottom line, that you know, mm-hmm. I, I can live in abundance and make sure the people and the environment that are around me are also positively contributed by my existence. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's why sustainability is important.
0: I think one of the things I took away from your talk that I can really resonate is that people feel that there's a trade-off between sustainability and profitability. And I think your, your message kind of cut to the heart of that. Like for those people that are are listening that, that, that are curious about being more sustainable and environmentally friendly is probably not the right word in their own business. What are some of the steps that you encourage people to take?
1: Well the first step is to get aware of your own sustainable impact. Uh, look, at your social imp- look at your social interactions, not just with your direct employees or consumers, but also your supply chain and the families of your supply chain. Uh, an example I, I give is I hire an assistant who's based in the Philippines. I mm-hmm. gave him double what he asked for, which was a whopping $4 an hour yet when i looked at that i thought how can that is not sustainable for them because i'm creating this rich poor divide so he's now on british hourly salary as much as i would pay somebody here mm-hmm. and he can now educate he's gone back into full time education and he can then in two years time get a higher paying job and support his family so that impact is a very simple example from uh, social but also look at the environmental as well the employee workplace how Are people bent over, which creates dis-ease in their body, which creates illness in the long term? And, you know, simple tasks of are you recycling, but also could you offer people to work from home? I know Mm. we have to at the moment, but Mm. as a choice, which would reduce your environmental footprint and the pollution people breathe in. There's always ways we can do it in simple steps. And one great resource is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs they've broken down 17 areas. If we were just champions of one and we chose the one that was the most passionate to us, be it the air, the earth, the the people or the water, the world would just miraculously, there'd be no Mm. pollution, there'd be no poverty, there'd be no war. We could all live in harmony if we only looked after one area.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm thinking back... Of all the things I've heard from yourself in terms of small town, destined for more legacy, moving to Australia, suffering adversity, overcoming adversity, becoming number one in the world, setting up a business to help other people. And you talk a lot about purpose. I love to know how all of that has is, is informed and, and shaped your purpose.
1: It's, it, it's a quote, Steve Jobs, we can't connect the dots looking backwards. So I feel the dots are getting a lot closer. I can see a lot more clarity, but even just six months ago, I was, I was still felt, I don't see how it's joining up, but it, it's great that I have the logic brain of an engineer and then the spiritual side of being a Reiki master and mm. the intuition of following my dream of moving to Australia and sport and the physical aspect, etc. So that's why I suppose I look at, I look at all the dots because it, I do encompass for what I see as every important aspect of life. Mm -hmm. Thrive for ourselves individually and also to have that purpose for business too.
0: Yeah. I love that. Who, if they're watching and listening should connect with you and how can they do that?
1: Who should connect with me? Well, first up, I love to hear people's stories. So if I've touched your listeners in any way I want to hear their feedback their thoughts how this has inspired them what they're already doing that's inspirational but for people I'd love to work with are somebody who's who's got an idea and a big excuse or that bet I'm not ready but I'm not Mm. sure those insecure thought processes I would love to work with to be able to show them that they're ready and they can start today and also for larger organizations who know that they could offer more to the community, but ensure how to do that, be it mm. the fear of being seen as just jumping on the green bandwagon or how to do it for the first steps. Then I would love to work with those organizations too, to accelerate their, their impact, their positive impact as well as demonstrating it is possible to be profitable as well.
0: I love that. There you go. You've heard your call to action. If you are inspired to connect with Kate, please do. And where can they find you?
1: My, the best place is my website. It's katestrong.co. That is it. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please connect with me there as well as Instagram and Facebook. And I do have a Twitter account, but uh, I'm not there often, but if that's your primary cause, then Mm. please reach out. I do check it as well.
0: Amazing. You also have a podcast. Talk to me about that.
1: I do. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) It's called Strong Voice. So um, I interview predominantly business owners uh, and high achieving individuals who have pioneered something within their sector, who've created a disruption within something that we take for granted, be that Mm -hmm. money, be that ability, be that mindset. So I'm just about bringing the voice of the many normal people, again, just like you and me, who have Mm -hmm. decided to challenge what we all think is the way it should be, and we can't change anything.
0: love that. love that. Go and check that out for sure. My ethos is about helping people be always better than yesterday. And I'm just curious to know what that phrase always better than yesterday means to you.
1: Well, it's, I, I mean, I absolutely adore your, your, your title, always better than yesterday because okay. some people could see it as we, you know, we've always got to be driving for a new PB. For me, mm. I just see it as every day as a reset button. Mm. So as long as I've learned something from the past that I can take into the future and I'm always open to learning, then I can always ensure tomorrow will be better than today. So it's this beautiful process of evolution that allows me the ability to learn, to develop, to fail, as well as to grow from as well.
0: Mm. I think that's got to be one of my favorite descriptions of it. So thank you.
1: Yay! Thank I you.
0: win. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> you can't. Yeah, always the the competitive, and you remain strong. <laughs> Why? Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, let me just say thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and join us. And um, if you have made it through this far to the podcast, or maybe you're watching us here on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, thank you for staying with us. Hopefully, you have heard something that, if you just implement in your own life, that you will be better than you were yesterday. Please do reach out and connect with Kate. Um, please do share this with the one person in your network that you feel needs to be inspired by Kate's story. And lastly, could you please do us the honour and the privilege of leaving us with a a final thought from your good self?
1: A final thought for everyone is today: What one action can you do that your future self will thank you for? Because your future is designed by your today's actions.
0: Mm, Let that one sink in. Kate, thank you so much for your time. And guys, for watching and listening, much love. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Ryan. And there you go, episode 74 with Kate Strong. I just love the audacity that it took for her to publicly state that she's going to be a world champion before she's even gone and done it like that takes courage. And I I love the fact that she then showed up even at four or five o'clock in the morning and became the person that she needed to be to align with her goals. Uh, And actually, I really enjoyed her her description of what it means to be always better than yesterday. Um, And i think that she secretly enjoyed the fact that i i said it was one of my favorites too as you could hear by the yes winning um winning's a mindset i really hope that's something that you've taken away um please do go follow kate join her on her journey help share her message with others by sharing this podcast with that one person in your network and if there's anything i can help you with anything kate can help you with please do reach out know that you're not alone Um, And as Kate says, that there's enough to go around and we win when we're all winning. So with that in mind, take action, be better than you were yesterday. And until next time, much love.